This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden, bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. Okay, so we have no CW news to share, so we're going to launch right into Nancy Drew. If you've seen the spoiler-free Q&A tweet thread that we did on um, Wednesday, then you know we weren't feeling this episode. We're going to break down why, starting with the fact that Alice, whose name we finally learned, deserved better. Uh, We were concerned about how the storyline was going to go in the first place when she arrived, just because a ghost love story, the tail end of a season that you know is only 13 episodes, just didn't seem like that would work out. We were correct, Uh, but not in the way that we thought it was going to be. I have to say, watching episode 12 hurt me. And it hurt me because Alice is really just there to serve as angst for Nancy and Ace because of the sin that Nancy erased, which means that in a show in which there aren't really Black women, uh, we've had, I guess, in prominent positions about five, six, um, she died to serve a white couple's progression or regression in this case. And not only did she die, she died horribly. And that was the entire point of her position in the story. And that is terrible. I I don't, when you choose to do stories like that in television, there should be a reason. And the reason here is just to give more trauma to Nancy and Ace. And I just, I I do not like that writing choice. I think that writing choice, it shouldn't have happened on this show. I don't think this didn't seem like it was going to be the show to do that, but it turned out it is. It really, for me, shoehorned this in. Everything you said was so on point because it it does kind of come out of nowhere. It serves no purpose other than the progression of Nancy and Ace. And I mean, this isn't the first time that I've watched the show and had reservations about their depictions of Black women and the trauma that they face. Um, and I don't want to say but to make that sound like it's okay. Um, but the show had always kind of taken care and Mm -hmm. told these stories a little bit more gently and had something to say about it even if like as i'm watching it i'm like what are we getting at it sometimes it seems like a lot and maybe i should have said this thought sooner but like at the end of the day these episodes always tended to have a message something to say a little bit of gravity to it this to me was gratuitous it it didn't have anything to say and what it did say made me feel really uncomfortable and the term I used to describe it to you guys after I watched it was unforgivable Mm. and I know that we still have an an episode to go for this to make more sense but I'm not um, expecting much because after seeing this episode it really took me out of the world of the show out of the plot that I don't know what can be done to explain this decision, the storytelling decision and make it make sense or make it be okay. I'm of the mind that an episode of television, even a serialized television show where the plot naturally spills over into other episodes, episodes should tell a finite story and just this story as it is, 
I felt was really harmful and didn't have anything to say about that plot twist at all. And when you guys break it down like that, there's no forget unforgivable is a good way of putting it because there's no forgivable way of looking at it there were issues with the storyline before we reached this point as it was and we'll get into all of that about what it means for the overall story and how necessary or let's be honest unnecessary this plot line was but the way it was handled in this episode was a real low point for the show i i we've all been quoted on saying on this podcast many many times of saying oh but you expect better from that so you you can always rely on nancy or whatever and i feel like this was a complete let down on so many fronts um and you're so right um putting a black woman through that kind of horrifying death just to serve the white couple it's unforgivable i uh, that was the first word i was going to reach for and you all have already said it i just the whole storyline left me feeling empty inside because it was so pearly handled and I always like to dress things up or be nice or open-minded or constructive about something. But not only the fact that we were running out of time to tell the story, to tell it in such a horrifying manner, it really took you out of everything, the show, all the momentum, any kind of thing the show was building because that was not right. That, that's not forgivable. And I don't really want to say that again with, without repeating myself because I'm just going to repeat myself here. Yeah, a low point for Nancy through and through. I think it's beneath them. Like yeah, I just that's a good way This just didn't feel like a story that they would have told because as we'd pointed out, even when there are times in which, and we'll be honest, a lot of times when the Black women are in the show, there's trauma surrounding it. But it's delved into and it, it's talked about. Um, and it just feels like for a show that did an entire episode about... Uh, what has sometimes happened to Black women who've been arrested uh, and that had had Nancy at the heart of it, refusing to leave the station until she could tell this, this woman's story, until she could get answers, until she could get rid of this, what has been covered up. It's just so odd. The choice was that in doing this, it feels like it walks it back simply because what had happened had happened to Ace. And I, and I just, and it prioritizes Ace, which is the other thing. I think that is the, I cannot really, I'm str- sorry, I'm struggling to process that choice because I get why he has survivor's guilt. He would. That is a terrible position to put him in as a character. I don't think anyone would be considering blaming the way that Ace is written in terms of not choosing Alice. In that situation, someone is going to choose their loved one, especially when they cannot get to the person who's going through something horrific. He couldn't get the door open. So like it's it's not even like he didn't choose Alice. It's that he couldn't save her. He triaged. He couldn't save her. He went to go save his dad. That choice is a choice that was made in the storyline, but it's also like the way that this whole thing is framed is upsetting. Alice ends up having feelings for the man who's inadvertently responsible for her death. And that was known the whole time because that's how the story is written. We don't know that, but they certainly did because that's how they wrote it. And I was like, what? There's, there's really not a lot redeemable from this story. Like what lifts it is the acting. Right. But like, that's the actors doing their jobs. Like, I feel emotionally attached to Alice because the actress did her job. She has a wonderful scene 
in the episode in which she got to have agency because though Ace was in the room, when she's in the room too at her at her apartment, she gets her memories back. And she gets to she gets to explain her life. He's not explaining it to her. And I love that scene because it told you how full her life was, even if she was missing connection. But then when we find everything else, that how everything else happened, what you get is she had a full life that was cut short and we're sorry, but she passed on and now she is peace. She didn't even get to react to what happened. She like she has a bit of a moment and then she says, Oh, I finally found what I was always looking for. And that's peace. And Alex Ace says, I, you know, I wish it hadn't been cut short or something. He says something um, and she says, I wish it didn't either. And she she just disappears. That is the end of Alice. And so I'm like, what was the point of having her here? Like, why? Why? Other than trauma, why? And it's trauma enacted on her physically and then emotionally. And it's trauma enacted on Ace emotionally and then you have nancy over here who i'm supposed to continue rooting for and i love nancy but i don't know what this is supposed to say about her character that she would do something like this and obviously she doesn't the race for of the woman doesn't factor in for her that's not the thing she i don't even think she knew alice was black that's not the point the point is you optically the way that we watch as viewers we know that and that is upsetting yeah yeah and I mean, you could say Nancy acts on impulse, like she saved George's life without a second thought, no matter the repercussions. She almost, as Sabrina constantly never lets us forget, as she shouldn't, she almost wiped out all of Horseshoe Bay to break the curse or whatever that situation was last season. So in that sense, it's like, yeah, of course, Nancy would do anything she can for Ace, but it, it just doesn't land this time. It it really just does not i don't i'm failing to see why this is the path that was taken not even just for nancy and ace but to end the series it seems um very unimportant why did this have to be written why did the death of the black woman have to factor into the end of the series in this really like why i'm i could be asking why for hours just not trying to understand the decisions that were made at the end of the series especially the penultimate episode opening up this big of a storyline like i i'm just failing to see why and a lot of the characters have been put in very awkward positions by the writing here and you're right, why why the slate in the game on a season that was already chock full of everything? There were a couple a couple of other issues as well, like Sabrina said. The fact that Alice was kind of portrayed as um a drifter almost in life, someone who was on the water, who like like traveling places but never really knew where to settle, almost justified what happened to her because she find peace now and you're like well nine times out of ten in life that person won't be a drifter so you can't justify the fact that they find peace let's not pretend that this woman was anything other than um a device to move the nancy and ace plot i was going to say forward but let's be honest we're moving it backwards into territory it didn't need to go um so that doesn't hold up and the fact is again the characters who we love dearly and it's hard to feel anything but love for have been put in this incredibly unusually awkward situation an episode before the final ever episode when it wasn't necessary 
it was just it, the whole thing just comes off like a cheap attempt to further pile on trauma to Nazi and Ace. When let's be honest, they had plenty of that to go around. I'm pretty sure we're quoted on this podcast of saying we hope they don't find more trauma. We hope that they don't go around in circles as far as this is. And they have gone around in circles. They've dropped the main storyline, which is the curse. We almost forgot that existed. We've moved on from it. And yet then every time they're in each other's lives, there's more and more trauma. And this is all by far the worst offender. So why did we feel the need to do it now, one episode before the finale? This season bit off arguably far more than it can show. And they've decided to take a much more problematic mouthful in the second to last episode. Mm-mm. Don't buy it. Some some might see it as like, oh, romantic. Ace said, I need you now, Nancy. And Nancy's like, I'll fix it. And they're like, oh, look what they're like. No, I. if that's your reading happy for you that you can get take that away for me and i'm gonna put it as bluntly as i can i don't know how you root for this couple when they have the death of a black woman whether they're completely responsible for it like that is now something that is a mark on the timeline of their relationship and i'm like i don't know i i just i don't know like, I, and I understand too that people are like, oh, Ace is mad. Like, they're in this. I don't care. I truly do not care about how they're feeling. It, it, it just changed my view of the entire story. I just, the minute that I watched the episode, like, I could see where it was going. I was like, oh, it's going to be on the boat with the thing they put in the water. And I've seen people like, why did the boat even catch fire? That's the least of my concerns. There's an explosion underwater. That's all I need to know. We, do, we don't need to know the mechanics of the boat to see why it caught fire. But I just don't see why any of that happened anyway. Like, I don't understand why this was so important to tell when I, I'm i going to talk in circles about me not understanding this and failing to understand the importance. And maybe, again, that's still to come. I've been a huge champion of being like, oh, let's just wait till we see the full story. But I, this is the exception to me, to what I am always saying is like, oh, I, I have faith they can land the plane. Let's just w- see how the whole story. This completely like, I just I couldn't do it after I saw that. As soon as I saw it, as soon as the whole mystery and the fact that this all stemmed from the body swap episode, which is one of our favorite episodes of the season, that's like low level sting for me. <laughs> but like, it's still it's like still when I mm-hmm. yeah when I realized it, I was like, anytime in the future that I ever think about that episode, or if I find myself re-watching the show and I see that episode again, I'm going to be like, well, I know what comes from this episode. And it, it just, again, low level, low priority hurt because there are communities that are hurting from this storyline. But it's like, just from every angle, I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I wish somebody could explain it, like why this was written, why this was important to the story because I'm, I don't see it. No, and it, it's one of those things where you can't erase race from the story, no. mainly because like it's really hard, you know, as a marginalized person. This is specifically about like what happened to a black woman, but just in general, when it comes to genre, as marginalized people are off, this often happens. You know, like this is like the this is the traumatic point for a character or a relationship that blows something wide open. Right. But it's usually a marginalized identity who has to suffer, like in order to move the uh, the plot forward. And it just it never it never lands right. 
And it never will because you can't introduce a marginalized character for the sake of trauma. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work. After that happened to Alice, when that was revealed, I was pulled all the way out of the story. I was so angry, I was shaking. And I was tearing up because I couldn't believe that it happened again. It's like you watch enough TV and you're like, should I be upset? Like, I know that stuff like this that happens in television. Maybe I should just start guarding myself just to be prepared because you never know. And I was already not quite feeling Alice's placement because there's another thing that, you know, how we sat in some things that we had reservations for that we pushed forward on. And like we didn't talk about it on the pod. Mine has been the ways in which television shows will put a woman of color in the middle of a relationship between two white people. Typically, the woman is Black. It never goes well. It never does. And like, and so you're just like, oh, I like her with this, this male lead. But I also know when I'm watching and I'm looking at the rest of the fandom, she's not going to be, the actress isn't going to be treated well. That's just how it goes. Now with the Nancy Drew fandom, no one was mean to the act, as far as I know, was mean to the actress who plays Alice. But we all know what happened when Vanessa Morgan came in as Tony Topaz and had a, a small little thing with Jughead, which, you know, meant that Bughead had split. They sent death threats to Vanessa. And it, this is one of the reasons why some Black actresses get a little apprehensive when they know they're coming in in the middle of a major ship um, to be the woman who disrupts the relationship. Not because she's doing anything terrible. They broke up. She is now the new love interest. She's probably only going to be around for a little bit as far as being a romantic love interest. But it's enough time to feel the heat of the fans or to feel like I'm only serving the plot to make this more dramatic. So I didn't, I was already not quite feeling how Alice was placed in the story, but I went with it because I was like, well, we're doing a ghost love story. This is Nancy Drew. Probably like she's going to move on. So far we're doing this pretty well. And then episode 12 hit. And I was like, ah, oh, well, I had right. I had, I should have felt them. So to held on to that feeling, maybe I would have felt better. Probably actually wouldn't have felt better because I did feel blindsided. I feel like when you know you're watching a show that is problematic and hurtful out of the time, you guard yourself against things. Nancy Drew doesn't tend to be hurtful in that manner. So I didn't guard myself. And now I wish I did. Mm -hmm. And specifically leading up to the season finale on a show that you've been, that's been or the series finale on a show that's been proven that you can't trust it. The fact that they blindsided you like this so late in the game is just, it's shocking. Why would you expect them to do something like that in the penultimate episode of all things? Um, and you're right, there are so many real-world connotations about this that you can't just oh, go with it and see where the storyline goes. There's an episode of Smallville where everyone starts acting out of character and it leads to terrible consequences for all involved. They go back in time, change the timeline. That never happens ever again. If this happens in Nancy Drew, it won't erase the stain of what happened here. These characters have been tainted by the actions of this. The storyline has been tainted by what went down. Um, and I dare say I don't think that they'll suggest that the penultimate episode was a waste by going back and undoing all of that why why, why was this the story you had to do so late in the game I, uh, it, it really really frustrates me and not not on the like typical like storyline level I don't understand why they thought this was the way the story should have or needed to go when there's so much to tie up in so a little amount of time and now the conversation isn't about that because they went to an area they never should have gone um 
And yeah, I know I to go back to what you were saying, Reid, I know exactly what you mean about the fun body swap episode about how it kind of tastes that now. I remember on our episode when we reviewed that, there's a fun little moment where we're all like, why did Ace not like push the curse away and just like dropped it? And well, now we know why he dropped it. And then that's aged terribly because like, first of all, why would you do that? And second of all, you can see the writing at hand as in that it was slowly building up towards this storyline. And now here we are on the other end of the storyline thinking, why? I was going to say, what was the point? But we already asked that. What, why? Why Why would they do this? I'm going to think I'm going to end up closing out every single one of my thoughts with why. Because we've walked away from this question or this episode with more questions than answers and not in the good kind of way. And these are answers that aren't going to be answered by the time the show ends. There's no justifying that. I never would have imagined that this would be the sin. I know they alluded to it. Like when you guys were ta- telling me about episode 11 last week and I hadn't watched it and the reveal was like, oh, they might have been responsible for Alice's death. Never would have imagined it would have been like this. I thought it maybe would have been like they weren't really actually responsible in some way. They were just like, I don't I never thought they would be this involved in it or it would be this horrific. But yeah, here, here we are. This is what happened. It is. And like when you, like, even if we like delve deeper into the story it, um, with, if we go back to the ship, since that's the whole point of why this happened, it also doesn't make sense for them. Because Nancy has this line, when she's trying to justify to Ace erasing the sin. She said, you weren't you. As a girl, you arrived on the pier maybe 30 minutes after he felt responsible for somebody else's death. I don't know about you, but no one is processing that amount of trauma mm-hmm. in a half hour. So the idea that she he's not himself, no, he wouldn't be. So then it's it's just like, what does it say about Nancy's character that Ace cannot deal with trauma on his own? That she has to feel like she has to fix it. Take it away, not even just fix it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and take it away. And it's like he's only he's only had it for like 30 minutes. And yes, we could argue and um that it was a, a trauma response for her because she knows what she went through and she didn't want him to go with what she's gone through. But she got to sit with her trauma and she delved in it. She dealt with it in a year, but whatever. Um she dealt with it for seasons. We'll just say it like that. He didn't even get to deal with it for more than a one minute scene. Like it's just, it's the oddest choice for them. Do, do, I don't necessarily think it's out of character for Nancy. I think the speed in which it happened was out of character for Nancy. I could see her doing something like that, even though I would hate it, had it been like weeks and he just wasn't himself, but mm-hmm. it had been the hottest of seconds. And she didn't even have the full story. He was stuttering his way through trying to tell her. And she just said she'd fix it. Like, you have no idea what happened. She, which is interesting, because then she goes, she erases the sin, but she doesn't actually have the full facts besides what Ace tells her, which he feels guilty. So he said he let a woman die. He didn't let a woman die. He could not get to her. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to the whole playing more trauma on them. And did they really need that this season of all seasons or ever to have to one go episode that? out for the series finale? Yeah. I think yeah. is another important thing. Like, like I want to say it would work better if it happened earlier, but like I didn't want that to happen at all. Mm-hmm. But I think that's been the struggle of this entire season is that 
as much as we love those three standalone episodes, they got in the way of storytelling that was important. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the we were saying how that things were moving too slowly. If you want to go back and talk about the two leads and their uh, other love interests, um, the Tristan storyline played out across maybe three or four episodes for Nancy, but within like a nine episode time frame, because he was only popping up every three or four episodes. Meanwhile, the Ace storyline didn't start until like episode nine, did we say, um, where he found uh, the connection with the ghost, which who we now obviously know as Alice. Um, choices were made here in a 13 episode season and I don't think either one of them were good ones Mm-mm. it just it just seemed like I know you know the fans were told they got told at some point uh 410 it's unclear if that means they were filming episode 10 or they had and they had uh, the other scripts banked so then they had to go back and rewrite or if they were told before episode 10 started filming I don't know how the process works for the writers room so I'm gonna put that up. I'm gonna put that forward in this critique. But it still felt like we were trying to do everything we wanted to do, and we didn't want to kill any darlings. And darlings needed to be killed in order for this to make even the the ending to make sense. They keep saying that it's going to be a satisfying series finale, and that is relative to what you want from the end of the series. Personally, I'm not going to be satisfied. And I'm not going to be satisfied because the penultimate episode ruined the season for me. Like I if it how it ends is how it ends. I I will critique how they tie the ends up, but for me, it's just ending. Like I'm no longer invested in how it's mm-hmm. ending. It's just mm-hmm. it's just what it what it is. But it feels like for the writers, satisfying doesn't, so I'm going to say this directly to Nace Shippers, satisfying does not mean Nancy and Ace get together. It, it To me, from what I'm seeing about how, with the decisions they decided to, to make for this end of this show, it's them completing the story they wanted to tell. And that might be with Ace and Nancy being in a position to maybe one day move forward by the time you get to the series finale. Perhaps there's even a flash forward where you do see them together. But from what I was reading from the show, like just watching the episodes, I don't think they had any intention of putting Nancy and Ace together in this season. And that's, and that's so clear. stressful. It's yeah, like, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like what, like I'm, again, I'm going to speak very bluntly and I don't, ever want to hurt the feelings of anybody who created the show or worked on it but like i am as a cw viewer i'm so exhausted of hearing we didn't know it was the final season we just didn't we found out late and yeah that's on the cw for not saying as soon as it was renewed for season four that it was the final season a lot of that is on the network i'll give them that but when you're creating when you're making a show especially in the year 2023 we're fresh off of the CW massacre of 2022. Like you just watched all of your peers get taken down one by one, actually not even one by one in mass. And then you see two of the biggest shows getting final seasoned. And then the miracle of the other four getting renewed, which happened after Nancy was final seasoned. I just don't know how you don't look around and think, maybe we should do what we've wanted to do long-term instead of short-term in this season. Like, yeah, I can see this is the story they maybe wanted to tell for season four, but I'm like, 
why wouldn't you you can the writing i've said the phrase the writing is on the wall i think at least every three weeks since we started doing this podcast but like it was it was there plainly written like and i don't ever think that writing out of fear is a fair place for creatives to create that is not what anybody wants to do when they're writing a show or creating some an art but when you i i just think it seemed like they were on borrowed time season five was not a given maybe you tell the stories that you would have saved for like a final season down the line and you just do them all like why wasn't nancy nace why wasn't there more of that in the season why was there a huge gulf between them and why is it only getting to a place of unfair angst unjust angst in the penultimate like i don't why are i i just don't have answers for why some creators are making the choices that they make when nothing is guaranteed on television tell the story tell this damn story complete your vision don't tread water and cross your fingers for like it, nothing is given and i think as a viewer i should be allowed to air that grievance because i invested my time in this and i don't think i, I don't know maybe this episode will kind of taints that ruins it a little bit but i still enjoyed my time watching it and i want a payoff like nothing will take the the, the episodes i enjoyed away from me but i'm like why should we have to suffer because you didn't write a season the way you would have if you had known like i, I just i don't know maybe that's unfair to put on the people that made the show i don't know unfair. i don't think I it's don't unfair know. I'm just sick of hearing like, oh, we didn't know. And I'm like, <laughs> it's it's 2023. The entire industry is just smoking coals on the ground currently. Like, I don't know what to tell anybody. Like, <laughs> just make the show you want to make because it might be not it might not be there next season. It might not be there in the next week. Just make the damn show that you want to make. Don't save anything. I'm sorry I yelled. No, no. So, <laughs> thank you for saying that because I wasn't going to and I really wanted to. Um, <sighs> no, seriously, there is a way to do things like this. Um, not to be a jump on the DC TV trend, but Stargirl's done it very well. Superman at Lois has done it very well. Treat your seasons like movies. Tell a complete story and then leave the little indicator for what could come next. This Nancy and Ace storyline, whatever they were going, there is no way this all of this is going to get wrapped up in 40 minutes, let alone the whole show. This was not a mini movie with an, a teaser at the end. It should have been. It absolutely should have been. Like Reed said, the CW has been burning down slowly since 2022. Some creatives have taken that, ran with it, and produced many movies with their little teasers. And if they don't get picked up again, that's sad, but at least it got to end as it should. If they do get picked up again, they get a chance to make another 13-part movie, or Superman at Lois' case, 10-part movie, with another potential teaser. Everybody's satisfied. The story gets to go where it's going, and if it gets to go a little bit further than that, amazing. But there is Nancy, I, I remember being in this chair when I found out that Nancy Drew was renewed for another season, along with all the big shows on the CW. And as much as we love the show, Show, it was the little show that could it was the outlier it was the one no one expected to get renewed 
I don't feel like they've made the most of that opportunity because you got a chance that bigger, arguably more popular shows on this network attached to bigger IPs did not get that opportunity of another season. You got that. And I feel like you could have wed things up a little bit better, produced a slightly more tight season and given everybody the wrap-ups they deserved. Because right now, all we've gotten is a season full of trauma for Nancy and S. That doesn't mean, mean they should be together. If I was them, I'd probably move to another country and never move back to Horseshoe Bay ever again after all they've been through in a year-long period. We have potentially George and Nick, who it seemed were long-term love interests, now having the time of their lives in other relationships that haven't been given a chance to breathe or let the viewers care about. And the town's in danger yet again in one episode this is what this is my this was my issue with the season three finale epic major end of the world stakes all in 40 minutes it has to wrap up all of the season storylines and everything and now here we are again this is not just a season's finale this is a series finale and we have end of the world major stick something i really want to see nancy drew do but at the same time i'm going to be more concerned with how the characters get their happy endings and after this week's episode i'm not even sure that's a logistical possibility Another downfall that needs to be addressed, and I know we just kind of like tiptoe around it, but the timeline only being a year from season one has been one of the the greatest disservices to the story. We should not have been within the calendar year. A lot of the stories just don't, uh, character stories, emotional journeys. And there's one that I could call out, but I don't want to because I think it's a little, it's layered and it's, I don't want to get into the emotional stakes of somebody who's grieving. But I also just think there's, it, we're, we're essentially watching the story unfold in real time. And there's just so much happening that I think it's some time jumps, some distance, some montages could have really helped the story breathe and expand to make stakes like the claw being sold feel more uh, feel more heavier because this is a year. This is a couple a, a year time frame to when this place became special to these five people. Five, yeah. And <laughs> sorry, I have to laugh. That was funny. <laughs> um, but like Nick just bought it, so it's like mm-hmm. the stakes of it being sold and the like the end of an era series finale cliche. Like I would be all for that if like I didn't know that like where we were on the timeline so i feel like a lot of other structural storytelling issues also stem from the timeline and that is like i would i want to know why that decision was made like if they could give me a concrete answer and like the reasoning behind why we kept in the calendar year i would be like i i get it now i'm wrong i i see the vision but currently (laughs) right now i'm like you want me to believe this is all happening? I don't know. I don't know. My the the suspension of my disbelief has been uh cut short. Like I, I cut the I cut the tie because I I'm no longer reaching to try to be there with them. <laughs> no, and I think what season four does, especially you know now that we're at the the end of it, is show the weaknesses in Nancy Drew as a series. A lot of the things that we had taken note of in season one and especially in season two are the same issues the show dealt with in season three and then were made worse in season four. Somehow, 
season four is carrying all the weaknesses. Like, and I just, and that is not because they got told um, that they were getting, that they were getting final season, that a season four would be the last. It had its weaknesses in the beginning too. Like there were just episodes that we were enjoying, but the timeline has always been an issue. The way, the way that sometimes emotion and character development can happen very fast in um in Nancy Drew has always been an issue. The idea that like we're exploring grief, I do love that. I think the way that they've done grief on this show, for Nancy at least, has been some of the most amazing storytelling I've seen. Her grief in a year, that journey makes sense. The relationship don't. They just don't. Like at the, at this point, you're saying that from this from the start of when we well even actually before then because we meet them during that big festival but they had all started really being in each other's lives in July we got that flashback um from the way that we just move through these relationships the stakes of the relationships you're telling me in 365 days we have felt this much and this strongly about so many different people for all the characters right like Bess has dated Elizabeth. She's dated um, Odette, who was apparently her soulmate. That was rushed. Didn't see where that was coming from. And she's dated Addie, who we barely see. She's had like a, a lot of emotional weight there, but a lot of it happens to happen off screen. George went through realizing that the relationship with Ryan was vastly inappropriate. She had to heal from that. She got into a relationship with Nick that was deeply emotional for her. They broke up their engagement. Somehow she's so confident in her relationship with Cameron and so ready for the two of them to be over in Washington state, living their best pre-law lives. Like, and I love that for her. Love, I really do. Just how we get there is so quick. Then you have Nick. Guess the relationship with George was a stop on the road to Jade. Because we're we're planning life things with Jade. Who again we haven't seen. Yeah, so weeks. and we definitely see them. We haven't seen Jade, but Jade's about to be endgame, it looks like, because I don't see how Nick and George are about to be like, you know what? We should be together. See, I told you guys this um earlier this week after I'd watched 411, and I was like, Oh, I know I don't believe anything they're doing with George and Nick. They're gonna like last ditch series finale and get together. Still could, I don't know. But like to be in the penultimate and just be worlds apart from each other i'm like that it's just going to be so sudden <laughs> if they yeah. do end up end game i just i don't I and then don't i would Nancy's like i just don't I, yeah i it's a lot it is it's a whole lot a whole lot of not to shade her game my issue isn't the amount of love interest. I don't, narratively, it doesn't quite work just because of how writing works. If you're a real person, girl, do what you gotta do. But like the, as far as how it works in the narrative, she had Nick, she had Owen. She had, weirdly, Tamora for a little bit there. She had Gil. Park and then Ace was always there. That's five men in four seasons. Did you say Gil or did I? I... Oh, Gil too. So that's six men in yeah, four okay. seasons that who she has deep emotional stakes with mm -hmm. for each of well except for tomorrow tomorrow was the uh got the short stick he did not get the emotional deep conversations from her but everybody else poof. did and then poof, right <laughs> but like we're supposed to like she went through the breakup with nick for two seasons like it's yeah, the owen thing step people do forget that and but we're still there. Thing, 
Karma <laughs> was like, remember, she still had to climb herself out of that grave with his help. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I was gonna say I shouldn't say this because it's controversial, but like I feel like it's just been a a whole episode of controversial takes. I was like. At this point, I would rather see Nancy end up with Nick. But then I was like, no, because I think if Nick knew what happened, he would have issues with it. And I'm mm. like, Nick, just drive away. <laughs> <laughs> he would have major issues with it. We would be yeah, and a very that's another thought. thing. Not to not to circle back to the heavier conversation we had, but that's another thing that always kind of like I I took in watching all these episodes that it was always Nick having to carry the weight of things that dealt with race and him mm -hmm. having to explain to people and thusly the audience and I'm like I really hope somehow Nick doesn't have to become the mouthpiece for this because I just don't oh, think that that's I don't think that that's fair to continue to put on this character because it's mm -hmm. it's constant for him that's mm -hmm. always a, a big portion like in a storyline that he has to like even in the Tom episode where like that's the episode where you find out he's code switching like i knew that but like he was they weren't talking about that in um the episode so it, it threw me i was like oh okay well i'm enjoying this conversation with tom y'all are speaking some realness while also talking about haircuts i love it but i also felt it was i was like you and george didn't talk about it she is an asian woman in a predominantly white town but you two haven't discussed race or anti-blackness at all Okay, it just doesn't feel. I feel like that just would not happen. I just feel mm -hmm. like it would just you would have to have a discussion. She would know just like like he does what that feels like. But anyway, let me get off that soapbox because there are like so many different other ones to hop on top of. Yeah, but um the but like yeah, going back to Nancy and her men, it's not necessarily like that. There's six of them. It's that narratively in four seasons that doesn't work. Because mm -hmm. I think more than half of them, she was emotionally invested in, in a calendar year. And remember the park storyline took place in 14 days, um, because all of season three took place in 14 days. Um, and the episodes themselves were fine, but I think that's the perfect indicator of how the timeline in the show really worked against it in the end because I remember it was season three when we first caught on to it and we brought it up jokingly and we've been like nudge nudge wink winking every time we talk about time ever since but like let's be serious for a moment that completely let the show down in my opinion because season one and two totally bought them to being linked together because uh, obviously the pandemic and season one storyline spilling into season two and Odette and the Gleka and all of that that made sense but then what we had a seven day time jump between seasons two and three and then three temperance's rise and fall all uh, george and nick's entire relationship as far as the like getting married and uh, george losing the odette within and then had getting your soul back and living a long life hopefully um all of that took place in 14 days so like every single episode was basically every waking moment of these characters lives um and then, like, to go back to Nancy and Park, this is when she started feeling these really strong feelings for Park. But yet by the end of the season, she had these really strong feelings for S, which we were now told was actually there all along and she was running away from. That was a mouthful I just said, and I feel out of breath after saying that. <laughs> I got nothing. It's just, it's, it's, it makes it, um, this is just a frank pot. I'm sorry. Well, actually, I'm not sorry. This is just how we feel. We're just getting it all out there. But, to me, it diminishes Nace, right? So that, like, if she feels so strongly all the time, it makes you wonder 
outside of some of the dialogue they give her, is Nancy just a person who loves deeply? Right? Yes, we keep saying things that like Ace is the love of her life. Um, like she's she's he's the best kiss she's ever had. Like things that land and warm the heart for a shipper. But when you look at the overall narrative, it's like Nancy just seems like a person who loves hard and loves hard instantly. Like yeah, because she, there's really no like where's the work cited page? Where's the evidence yeah. to back that up? Because it's happening off screen. You're just mm -hmm. telling us. Yeah, I don't want to be showed. Like, yes, they had little things with um, Nancy and A seated throughout the seasons, but I wouldn't say that that made me think that they were the love of each other's lives. It just made me think that they were interested in one another. Like, um, and I just, I'm like, no, she hasn't sacrificed the town for somebody else. And no, she didn't do something that went against her moral fiber and erased it a, a sin uh, within five minutes of learning of it. But those are just big emotional reactions. In all honesty, I do think people who have stopped shipping um, Nancy and Ace at this point, I get why they they have, right? Um, I am one of those people. And it's because of the lack of communication. Like, I just feel like it cannot always be, we are tragic and full of trauma. And I'm going to keep enacting my trauma upon you because I don't want you to be tra traumatized, but I'm going to end up traumatizing you. Anyway, like, had she sacrificed the town and Ace found that out, they would have had the same argument at the, like they did at the pier because there's no consent there. There's no agency. It's, I've made a decision. I have not consulted you about it. And it's a big world changing, I'm a wind up in therapy decision. And she did it again. Like, and, and he she doesn't, thinks that that's the way she thinks she's showing love. And he told her mm. it's not. He told yeah. her that already. And I've seen a lot of fans addressing that uh, after the episode aired, which of course is understandable because it's going to be the major thing. We do need to address the fact that Nancy took away consent from this, but then those shippers are also caught between the fact and that we have 40 minutes left to get them together. If they get together at the end of the episode or see the series finale and don't address that, that's also an injustice to the storyline because th this this has been an ongoing theme that we're not going to really get the chance. You're not, you know, well, this show kind of does growth in 14 days, so you can damn sure bet they're going to try and do growth in the final 40 minutes. But like, I just feel like Ness to me is kind of like the timeline. It was fine when it was the elephant in the room that we weren't addressing because we were playing the long game with it and we could pretend to ignore it, but also like look at it from time to time. I did want them to address Ness. I think it had all the makings of being one of the great CW love stories, but I think ever since they've officially addressed it, just like they've started officially addressing the timeline, the cracks have shown. And with each passing episode, it has gotten progressively worse. And now we're in a state where it just feels like everything's falling apart. How on earth are they going to put it back together by the final episode? I just like a, a quick line to to anybody. Um, don't underestimate the power of a montage. <laughs> <laughs> like I, as much as I loved that argument scene between Nancy and Ace because it was so necessary and it was funny. Kennedy, Kennedy, if you're listening, we love you. Like mm -hmm, for sure, the cast, we love you all. Um, sorry that I'm sorry to them mostly that we're <laughs> getting so real about this episode, but that scene between them was so funny and needed and it would have been even better if it happened sooner in the season and we didn't watch the breakup in real time and watch them keeping their distance from each other in real time if we had gotten like a montage of like a couple months where they were like begrudgingly working together on 
case uh, cases mysteries what i don't know whatever they do um and staying away from each other and then it like comes to I, it just feels like the the air was let out of the balloon and by the time we get to the end i'm like we needed to get to this point sooner because it, it it doesn't hit as as well no. but again that scene that where they were yelling at each other it was great and mm-hmm. my favorite part of the episode and end of sentence <laughs> it all went downhill after that <laughs> it did so like that's the thing though like kennedy and alex is acting amazing ashley letherope i think that's her name who plays alice did such an amazing job she had so little <laughs> that she had to shape into like a full realized character and she did that ma'am i hope wolf gets picked up i really want to see you play a doctor in the medical drama on nbc uh, so like manifesting that right now because I'd love to see her do something else but the it's not the acting that's the issue it's the writing that we have to uplift via the acting I mean the amount of heartbreak on Alex's face when they when um he and in um Kennedy have you that scene as nice where they're they are finding out what happened and Nancy's trying to save it and Alex the ace is like there is nothing to save here like you what did you do and then having to go and speak to Alice to like and to talk to like they and not be able like he's got like precious few seconds to to try in a way to convey that he's sorry and then she just disappears Alex did his job. He showed up. That chin was wobbling. Like he really did look like someone who has been bowled over by a choice they did not make, but that they have to carry. And I'm just, I wish that the, like, I would love, love to see that in the context that didn't make Alice a, a plot device. Mm-hmm. I wish we'd gotten to know her sooner. Yeah. yeah. I don't want her to have met the same fate, but I think it would have like we met Alice two episodes ago and she died. We care about her because the actress was great and the scenes were giving between Ace and Alice. But it's like you obviously didn't want us to care about her that much if you brought her in the last like two, three episodes. I'm like, what? I don't know. I don't know. Unless she was supposed to I'm make it to season Yeah. We shouldn't be planning for fifth seasons. Not in this climate. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, we shouldn't be. I think, I guess just to move into the like the plot of the episode outside of Alice and outside of um, Nancy and Ace. Uh, one thing I did like to talk about something that I liked, there are very few things, but there are some things. One thing I did like uh, was the handling of how we broke uh, the Sinita curse. It's a little rushed, yes. But... There is so much agency and Tristan being able to be the one mm-hmm. who's going to end his curse and that Nancy hands over the hammer. And instead, instead of it being an act of violence, there's an act of love because apparently the mother of monsters actually is his mom. Like that was just, I was like, well, this is why I love supernatural fiction because you have the mother of monsters though. I was like, Gaga's here. <laughs> 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 yeah, she has like five seconds but she it, it's great she just screams but apparently wait, there's wait, so much love context for anybody um lady gaga's fans are called the little monsters and they think she calls herself mother of monsters mm-hmm. that's where that i wasn't call- saying that 
just to give context, I didn't want that anybody to be like, why are you calling that that angel demon Lady Gaga? That's why. That's the, <laughs> yeah. it clicked oh, in my head. <laughs> this is why I felt like, see, I thought that was already in the pop culture lexicon, but I'm now yeah. realizing I'm you're, just, a de- you know, you're a decade past that. You can never be too sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because now that I think about it, we know that, but you know, we were also coming of age when Lady Gaga came out into the world and she was like doing what she did, what she does. There are people probably listening to this podcast who know her, but may not know that part of the, of the era. So thank you for the clarification. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I did appreciate that scene that it's so, it's this weird little funky scene where she's just yelling her head off, but apparently she's giving a loving, a loving message to Tristan about how she was trapped and she hated that this happened to them and she got to destroy the mirror too. She freed her and her son. I'm like, yay. Like, um, and then she go on, she went on to, I don't know where she would go on to. I don't know what what that, that is. The afterlife. We'll just say that. And then she mounted and left this the the goo so that they could like rediscover the sin. She left something a little bit behind. I mean it was a bit convenient because Nancy obviously needed to know what the sin was and oh look we find more goo that'll tell us or whatever. I but I she's mean gonna like, drink it. Yeah of course. <laughs> no don't do that. You know you know we're running out of time, desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> um oh but speaking of the overarch how do you feel about Callie? Who has now suddenly become anything that the flat needs? You don't don't care? I don't care. No, I started Karina a little last week when I was like, oh, where is she going to be a hero? Yeah, I was like, this is interesting. Yeah, then nothing. Yeah. (laughs) But then the the ghost sprinklers went off and I was like, I I lost interest, to be perfectly honest. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, because I have like the tidal wave again. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Except not like they just did it some of the tidal wave, but at least was like an epic action shot. We just got in the air. Yeah, I'm confused. The- They're like, "Run, run!" I'm like, "Where are you going to outrun the smoke?" I'm, con- I'm yeah, in I, confusion. <laughs> I didn't understand what that was about. Like, it was giving like Batman Begins vibe when the Scarecrow lets his fear gas off and everyone starts tearing each other apart because they're terrified of each other. And like, yes, they're going to all be traumatized by the fact that thousands of years of sins are coming back on them but is that going to turn them into like zombies why is everyone running away from everyone and um, were they trying not to inhale the smoke I, I i that was a good cliffhanger just done for the sake of being a good cliffhanger i i feel like next week's episode the time will be forever changed by the fact that they have this knowledge but like are they going to become rabbit over it i don't understand what they wanted to unearth the sins maybe did they not want them to be overwhelmed by them all at once I don't understand Callie's purpose and I don't understand the purpose of that cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I, I know she's mad because now she doesn't have a sin eater. So now mm-hmm. she's just released all the sins, which I lost the plot at that point. Well, I if was I'm I was still on the pier with them. So Yeah, if I'm being perfectly honest, I haven't understood any of the sin eater stuff. I've just been kind of nodding and smiling and being like, okay, <laughs> love the practical effects. Cool. I'm not retaining any of the lore. That's just how I am. Nothing against the show in that respect. I just, I don't, I, I, I never understood it. So I had no shot of putting any of the pieces together here. I think I we lost it too, it. though. Yeah. When she was showed up to Nick, it was like, oh, you don't understand what you've done. I was like, oh, wait, she's not the threat. They were trying to look after something else. But then she went off and released the, the sins. So I don't understand. What was the purpose of that scene? Is she just a pawn in a bigger story? Is she the real villain here? I don't get it. 
And, and and I also thought the thing was it'll only affect you if you said something yeah, to the mirror. That's what I thought. So why is everybody choking on on that field? I was like, I'm sorry. I thought we said only the rich have access to this mirror. Are you trying to say that everybody had access to this mirror? That doesn't make sense. How are we all going into the country club, walking down these steps in um and <laughs> no, sorry, town hall walking down these steps and just speaking into a mirror? Also, if that is the case, why is everybody in town? Why was everybody in town acting brand new about the supernatural? If you truly believe, you can walk to up to a mirror in a creepy looking basement, say a sin, wash your hands, and go about your day. How are we not? Mind you, this is the same town fine. that kicks a bucket of water over annually. So yes, I mean that's just something to consider there is yes. why they don't there there is why the timeline's only been a year because they don't want to do any of those festivals a second time around because we still have I mean, even the blood bucket in, yet. <laughs> like even in shows that do like celebrate annual things they do it once yeah and never, even if yeah. like back in the day like the shows took place september to may constantly that's how they took place mostly most of the time they stuck to that timeline like gilmore girls had so many like fun yeah. festivals and then we just pretend that they don't go to it in the next season. Like they just do it once to make it special. And I'm like, that makes sense to me. That's fine. Because yeah. remember, like even Heart of Dixie's a CW show, they had like they created all these weird like small town uh uh what's the word uh traditions never to be seen again except the episodes that they're in. I'm like, that's fine. We don't. It's fine. It's truly fine. Like we can okay. we can go year by year and we don't have to do everything. There are plenty of shows that ignore the holidays, mm -hmm. depending on which season they're in. It's like that's fine. It's fine. We're with you. We can <laughs> handle four years. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, the only reason why Beltane is in there is so that we can we can mark the spring equinox, which Beltane as a celebration in Horseshoe Bay took me out a little bit because usually everything. Is specific to Horseshoe Bay. Beltane is a real I holiday. Know what it was. Uh, yeah. It's what well, just that, just celebrating of the spring equinox, but I believe it's pagan. Um, okay, cool. Um, I'm not sure where in paganism. I know, I believe Wiccans celebrated and witches celebrated, but there probably are other traditions um, outside of paganism where people just do it because it's part of their culture. But in any case, with it, with it being in Horseshoe Bay, and the sheriff having a problem. And I was like, she's just like, I was like, Sheriff, I don't get it. All right, if this is an annual holiday celebration at Horseshoe Bay, why are you in the way? She it's did it. She's space. And well, it's public space, but also it's annual. So she's she was reacting as if uh Bess just decided she wanted the town to celebrate Beltane. They've been celebrating Beltane for years. I don't get why she's like, it's a public health hazard. I'm like, Maybe, but they got a lot of traditions happening in, in Horseshoe Bay. Why is this the one you're stepping in the way of? Mm. She'd better have some big kind of moment in the finale to kind of make her arc feel fulfilling because I don't understand what the purpose of her is. She's just been there at, at, on Bess's neck every single time she wants to do something. And like you said, this isn't specific to Bess. This is a town festival. And at first we were like, oh, is she in Callie's pocket? Is she working with them? And it's like, no, she's not. She's just there being a nuisance for no reason. So is she going to like sacrifice herself to get over her arc in the finale? Is she finally going to understand the supernatural exists, even though she saw the dead bodies in the premiere? Walking. 
I don't understand what the purpose of that character was. Why did we have to lose Park tomorrow or anyone else just to bring in this new quirky, odd police chief who just says boo to anything the Juku come up with? And then she had this weird backstory, which seems legit for where I guess um, she was supposed to be from. But I don't understand what uh, decided. I think she was the chief of police there too, and she did. Um, it was a town, unfortunately, dealing with a heavy presence of drugs, and she had to like arrest her own family and people she knew, and it was very hard for her. It's like get that. I understand all of that. What does that have to do with historical society? You dealing with a drug epidemic in a town is not the same thing as what was happening at the historical society. And I don't understand why you and Bess are supposed to be vibing about this. And this is how you realize you got to let people be. Because also, how do you become the police chief and not know that your friends and family are participating in the drug trade? Mm. Why is this the third one in a year? That yeah. silence was just so loud. <laughs> <laughs> got nothing. I got nothing either. You know what? The people of Hershey Bay should be asking some questions. <laughs> why? Why is it the third one in a year? What? Is it is four? It's four, isn't it? Yes, because you have the the first police chief, mm -hmm. then you have Tamora, then you have Park, and now you have this sheriff. Oh, no, no. For a new one every season. And they're all different roles. Like there was there was the chief, the, the first chief. Then there was Detective Tamora. Then there was FBI Special Agent Park. And now there's this new chief. And I'm like, why are all these people? This like, where's the hierarchy here? Town this yeah. Fall. Yeah, like, <laughs> I could see it like as being like a, a recurring like gag. Like each season, oh, we have a new police chief because it's a new year. And like, it would just be like the gag. But like... When you like zoom out and you're like, hey. <laughs> what? And, and no, no one's asking the questions. Why is a detective taking over from a chief? Why is an FBI agent stepping in for a detective who randomly disappeared? And now why is there a new chief? Like tomorrow went off to work on himself and make sure that what happened to that poor woman never happens again. He, that was a great character actor I'd met, but it implied he was going to come back. And yet he's been replaced by all these different levels of officers since. And, no one's asking who's in charge. We got, right we got too much on the burners. We should have yeah. done way less this season. Just to wrap <laughs> yeah. up with that damn curse. Like, yes. Far too much on the burners. <laughs> the, the curse really should have been the focus. And, and it was for the first half of the season. I don't know why it disappears from the narrative for that. We could long. have done the, the bodies in an episode. Season mm. one, season four premiere. Just wrap that. I almost cursed. It would have been the first time in almost <laughs> two years. <laughs> like a big one. We could have just wrapped that up in an episode and it would have been fine. Because <laughs> it was a nice like cliffhanger, but like where I would have never imagined that that cliffhanger where we are now, we're still dealing with the bodies and it's just a lot. Like the Sin Eater is a, is a great, theoretically, is a great uh, villain plot for a season, but I don't know. It just felt like the curse should have been... There are episodes where they didn't even utter the word curse. I don't even think they did this mm -hmm. this week mm -hmm. either. Like, you would not known it was it was even a part of the, the early part of the season because they're not talking about it. Apparently, it doesn't matter. I guess it's going to come back now. But then again, I'm not sure how because Nancy took two seconds to process that that Ace isn't speaking to her right now because he's incredibly mad. In walks Tristan, being like, "I feel connected to you." I was like, "I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it." Tristan, go eat something.
elsewhere <laughs> outside of like the Icarus Hall. Because they it, and they got this big swooping romantic kiss, and I know, um, you know, I got the question during the Q and A: Was it spicy? The reason why on a scale of one to four, um, Archiston and Nancy's scene spicy. The reason why I said they're not spicy because to me it wasn't mm-hmm. like it was a big sweeping kiss, but like it came off the tail end of what happened with Alice. Like I generally don't see where Tristan and Nancy are supposed to be going after this, nor do I care now. Like it's At this just, point, the story that they intended to tell, the story they told us they were going to tell, the kiss should have been Nancy and Ace at this point yeah. mm-hmm. in the season. If that's yeah. the story they're telling. Like, what? like it would have made sense if maybe they kiss now and kick-started the curse. And then the finale would have been all about trying to break the curse once and for all. That would have been more satisfying to me. A little rushed, a little unnecessary, but it would have made more sense for the story where we're going. We call Tristan like the 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 chief of the distraction era, the 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 island in just an endless flood of trauma for Nancy. We did um, really like him. We really yeah, did. Still like him. This this scene, yeah. this scene would have worked in episode five after the spider debacle. In episode six, anytime during the filler se- a section of beautiful fun episodes, what and now we just just don't care about it. Um, it just it feels like they failed to pull the trigger on a lot of other things as well. It's just so many missed opportunities from the season. What went wrong with Nancy Drew's season four? I know. But I feel like because we needed to do standalones and I, for this to be the season where we got Nancy Drew's um, the, the investigative agency, she spends very little time investigating anything yeah. in the town. Like, but she has a whole business. Yeah. Um, on that note, the man who rang for the great ranger told her about the bodies and the graves with the voice concealer in the season three premiere finale. Such a good cliffhanger, such a good tease. And now we find out it was the man who worked in the graveyard and great graveyard and he was using a voice concealer because he wanted to protect his identity and didn't want to lose his job. I'm sorry, that is such a letdown. I thought the oh, way I forgot about that. I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. I was like, okay. I'm like, that is such a letdown. Could he not have been like some like unusual entity putting her on assignments to try to clean up the mess in Horseshoe Bay? Could like he have been the Ryan one or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unearth, unearth the sins in Horseshoe Bay. That was, I'm sorry, that was such a letdown. They felt like they were like, oh yeah, we forgot about that. We need to address that. Let's be honest, they really didn't. But like, I would have preferred they kept the mystery alive and never answered it because that was so such a letdown. Yeah, I was I- surprised too that Nancy didn't have a bigger reaction about having a sibling. Yeah. Mm, yeah, she just, she just, ha- she's fine. I mean, I'm happy for her. That's wonderful that she's excited. But I was like, I don't know. I, maybe it was just my prediction was that she would have a moment about it. Like her bio, her adoptive father is having a biological child. Like, and maybe I don't, I, I shouldn't project that onto anybody. But just by knowing her character, I would have, she would have, I, I felt that she would have had a moment about it. So that, that surprised me. I mean, I guess I'm happy for her that she's like, yeah, fun. Let's do this. Um, mm-hmm. But I was just surprised that she didn't have a bigger moment. Yeah, I feel like I like the lightheartedness of the scene. I did. But I was also like, so she doesn't feel anyway. There's nothing residual here. Like whether it's about, you know, wondering, well, not wondering, but like sorting through feelings. But does she feel a way about, you know, her dad having a biological child? Like, it's fine that she doesn't, but you you would think that she would have had a conversation with a friend. Like, you know, I thought I'd feel weird about it, but I don't. Like, yeah, it's been a year. It's been a year. But also, not to bring that back. Well, that and she's grown too. So I was yeah. like, she's a grown woman, but she's a she's she doesn't feel any way about, about having a sibling who's about to be twenty one years younger than her. 
Like, I just feel like, and if, and I don't know, I don't know that life. Maybe people are fine, but I just yeah. feel like you might feel a little weird that like, you know, when I'm walking around town with my baby sibling, my, literally my baby sibling, someone's going to think that's my child. Mm. And the seniors, you're right. The scene itself was beautiful, but I, I agree. It felt like Carson had to bring it up and force the conversation because Nancy is everywhere in the storyline, except for the ones that actually matter to her. It, it were just she's just getting roped into every single storyline that's ongoing, um, and the same thing we brought up about another show as it headed towards its final season is that it's just it's telling the plot by the numbers here and not taking a moment to sit with the characters asking the important questions of how they feel about anything it's how do they feel about this current storyline that's happening it's not where are they in their life it's not how did they get here it's oh we did that in the first however many seasons and now we need to complete this storyline and i'm sorry they're completing this storyline at the expense of the overall show And it's kind of also hitting a lot of like series finale tropes and cliches, which I honestly wouldn't mind. Like a baby, like that kind of like big, like change selling a place that is so integral to the, to the, the, a set that is so like a character, like the claw is a character and they're talking about getting rid of it. They're talking about going their separate ways. And it's just, it's for some reason, it's not hitting in the way that i feel like it should at least for me i'll speak for myself it might be hitting for other fans out there who are like oh oh my god the claw or oh my god all these changes it's the end of an era but i'm like okay it just seems like it happened quick it did we're not emotionally there with them yet that's why to me it feels odd like that doesn't seem to be well one i don't i don't think i i jive personally with uh like in order for us to grow, we have to sell the claw. Like I, I feel like that if the claw is integral to the story. It's like it's like a, a sixth member of the Drew crew. Like it just it it seems very important. Uh, this felt like a decision that they'd make if they like we planned a, a six season series. Season six is the one in which George and Nick both of them feel like maybe we need to sell the claw. You know, if they were gonna do it, that like maybe we um, we've done everything we can here. We both want to move on to other things. The girls are too young to run it themselves. We could put it in a trust for them or something that they receive it upon a certain age. I, it just felt, it just feels weird. It just, the, the choices that we're making, they are a series ending choices. They just feel incomplete because we're not there yet emotionally and character growth wise. I also think with the baby, I don't like the, not that I often want to see Jean. I often don't want to see Jean. But the the fact that like we're, um, that this whole she's deciding what she wants to do about her pregnancy thing is happening off screen. So you don't have her and, and Carson talking about it. So I'm like, is this man going to find out if in the series finale that she doesn't want this baby? Mm. Like, or are we going to switch it? Because it, it just feels like she doesn't want this child. Like, and that's her right. That's their decision to make. But like, I just feel like it's an odd, like, why did we decide to keep going with this, this one? Like, because I feel like we we found out about the pregnancy in episode 11, right? Or no, episode 10? 11. 11. So why did we just not, why didn't we just drop that storyline or make it a, a pregnancy scare? Maybe they will make it a pregnancy scare. Because that makes more sense. And then they find out like, oh, we do want a baby. That's another cliche is like there's a Mm -hmm. scare and they're like on different sides and they realize, oh, we do want to be together and have a baby like that. 
Yeah, and that'd be fine. But right now it's like he's trying to figure out how he feels. And I was like, sir, she could call you to meet. Wasn't for the teacup this season? Yep. And he just went to to support group. He just went to support. This is what I was alluding to earlier that I didn't want to bring up. But (laughs) (laughs) naturally, here we are. (laughs) But he just went to support group. This this would be something he had to unpack with group. Mm -hmm. Because wouldn't it feel odd for him to have a child with another woman? After just recently Mm -hmm. losing his wife. But this is that's exactly the point I'm trying to make. Um, Carson was in there to serve other people's storylines and then when the conversation came up the conversation was had but there's no moments to sit with Carson to talk about how he actually feels about it there's no moments where Carson is playing the leading role he is there to serve other people's plots and then we'll throw in a little bit of that to deal with it no time the show's ensemble has grown so big we're using all the characters just for the plot and not for any any kind of actual development for themselves of course we want to know how Carson's feeling about that but that one one scene take the box and then we'll move on from it and we'll have our answers in the series finale i just wish there was more time to spend with these characters in the same way there was in season one you understood who they were were and what they were going through and now there's none of that we don't know where carson's at in his grief storyline because it was a one and done episode plot and uh now we don't know really know how he feels about having another child yet um because they've of course understandably they've put the decision on gene but now they've also taken gene out of the storyline so we don't know how she feels about it and like I said, we're not super Gene fans or anything, but it would be nice to, to get some clarity. Right now, we're just kind of being told things by the numbers. Yeah. The sad fact of the matter is we did have the time. Mm-hmm. The question is, was it used wisely? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I do this this entire review, which has really been an unpacking of our feelings on the show from this for episode 12 and just as a whole. I do want to say, though, uh, to reiterate what Reed had said earlier in the podcast, this is not to say that we don't appreciate the writing that has come before. Uh, we do think that outside of this episode, that the team behind Nancy Drew have told some wonderful stories the season one to me is a masterpiece it's one of the best first seasons of a television show i've ever seen but knowing that and also knowing how episode 12 goes and how it made me feel that doesn't change that like it's still like you could still be i've made a wonderful show and then made a misstep to i'm gonna continue with that perspective to me um that taints it and for me, episode 12 does. It just does. Like, it's not going to... I am always going to love season one. I now cannot talk about Nancy Drew in its entirety positively. Like, and not in the way that you do where you're like, I didn't like season three, but you're never going to have a perfect show of television. There's always going to be something that drags or slows or you wish they didn't make this choice. Or, um, you know, sometimes an actor leaves and they leave in the middle of a season and then the the writers have to write around that. And sometimes that can bring an entire season down. Like, but that's not what the issue is here. It's not, oh, I just didn't care for season four. And then yet it's another season that just didn't work for me. It's that I didn't really care for season four with exception to three episodes. And episode 12 is a huge, huge mistake. It's just, it just is t- to me. Um, and they may not feel that way. And that is their right. Just like it's my right to critique the episode and 
in not care for it or what was done or the decisions that were made uh, or it just felt like it was, it's a blind spot. It just feels like a blind spot. It feels like either we didn't recognize the optics of it or we did and we felt like our overall story was more important. And I don't know where I'm sitting with either of that. Yeah. I'm struggling to see the path forward to end all of this. And I don't think there's anything, I don't know if I said this earlier, I don't know if there's anything that could make me feel differently about this episode. Because as I said, I truly believe that episodes of television to stand on their own and as this episode is it's hard to be like because sometimes there are episodes or stories where you're like it's tough this episode but it gets better and you're like you can kind of you know make leniences that way but like mm -hmm. this is just so it's not a standalone episode but it should stand for itself and the way that it does stand for itself is um yeah. I don't, there's so many adjectives I could use to finish that sentence that I'm just not going to choose one. Yeah. I'm very disappointed in how it went down. Um, but I will say, just to end on like a more positive note, we do have a manifestation coming, but, um, and I don't want to compare two shows to final seasons, but they're airing together so naturally. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's gonna happen. I don't know if the bar was just set lower by this episode but riverdale's penultimate episode i was like yes <laughs> serve of this century in comparison like the <laughs> dots were connecting even if i didn't completely agree with some of the choices if i was confused again none of that really cares matters to me like i don't care about that when it comes to riverdale like vibes purely and nothing was as uh harmful or hurtful is what happened in this episode by like a million miles so i'm watching that episode and i'm like i'm actually feeling how i should feel from a penultimate episode an episode that really did feel like a de facto finale that i'm like i'm gonna miss these characters i'm gonna miss this world i'm gonna miss how they choose ambition and doing what they want to do and telling stories in their own way and being as big as possible like i was just feeling all those emotions that i wish i had felt from nc drew 412 Again, not to compare, but I just did compare. So I don't yeah. know, take that with how you want to take it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I so, hate comparing two things, but like they're ending on the same night. I don't know what to tell you guys. We're going to compare them. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, I'm so excited now. And that made me really excited to ch check it out. Um, I'll be watching it on Netflix after we finish this. Um, but yeah, I agree with you totally. Um, I feel like this the final season of Riverdale has been kind of a breath of fresh air. And I know there's a lot of people out there who don't agree with it. And it's hard to compare them, especially when they're both airing next, their finales next week. Um, it's going to be an emotional one next Wednesday night. Um, I'm not sure any of us are prepared, but I can't wait to dive into both of their finales. I just really hope, I don't think it will, but I really hope Nancy manages to bring it all together in a way that may at least just do something better. Yeah, anything, <laughs> anything. If and if nothing else, Kennedy and the cast are going to to, to kill us. Slay. Yeah. Yes, I do. That I we know for sure. Way. For sure. So, um, just to be upfront with everyone, though, I will be going into the series finale of Riverdale with no context. Uh, but it is a vibe show, so I still feel like. I we've said this before on the pod, but Roberto did the season that he wanted to do. So I really want to see um, his complete vision 
I guess I'll binge it um, when it hits Netflix. But like, just to see how he thought the series should end is going to be absurd. Serve the the man loves aesthetic and he loves giving you a show. So I'm pretty sure it's going to land well. Mm-hmm. As for Nancy, however we dock the boat is how we dock the boat. Um, <laughs> Like it's just it is that is what it is. How <laughs> <laughs> we talked about. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna however we get there is how we get there. That's truly how I feel. But I do hope that um for those who are still rooting for Nancy and Ace, uh that you get some type of closure satisfaction i really do want that for you you invested so much time so i get it but before we end the pod we did want to manifest abc picking up the good lawyer um if you've been paying attention to the show we're hoping that kennedy mcmahon gets to be on next uh it's been in limbo because the network hasn't made a decision on it yet uh there was an update recently where um deadline reported that the cast options uh, were would have been up, but I guess they've been extended thanks to the strike, uh, and they'll be extended for a month after the strike ends. Obviously, no one knows when the SAG after strike and the WGA strike are going to end, though the WGA, WGA has resumed talks with the AMPTP, so perhaps the writers will be off of strike, fingers crossed, prayers forward, by Labor Day, um, which is when they believe that you'd be able to get a 13 episode season if we go past labor day everyone better brace for episode cuts or things been pushed to the fall that's just what it's what's going to be but the good lawyer is still in the fight at abc so we just want to like send positive thoughts forward for kennedy and all involved in that project because she deserves and i want her to get that mm-hmm. big five prime time check yeah. <laughs> like, <it's really> <laughs> Listen, if we can take anything away from this review of Nancy, it's that Kennedy continues to slay. Um, and I hope she gets the chance to do it again on The Good Lawyer because she was amazing in the backdoor pilot. Um, yeah, manifesting that far is what she deserves. And we just need more of her. That line reading of, you haven't moved on, your girlfriend's a ghost. Like, top 10. Like, I don't know yeah. how, in in my opinion, one of the weakest episodes of the series, she still managed to give a top 10 Nancy moment. Yeah, that was she- good she floats on air i don't know how she does it like it is just i also like this when she's teasing carson about um and you're gonna have any baby who replaces me it's the way she says it just so lightly (laughs) clearly it's a joke but like i just love the face she makes in her delivery um she's one of the best actresses period but i will talk about just on television i know we praise kennedy all the time but there is a reason and she deserves to be rewarded for her craft so i hope mm-hmm. one day she is um because kennedy we're here for the long road like you uh we will be here like i have been here for angela bassett and i've been here for denzel washington <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like i will be here for kennedy mcmahon and yes. it's so great to have another person on that roster where you're like i will at least give it a try if you're in it mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes what you get out of a show isn't a satisfying ending. It's a new favorite that you stick with for their career. Like, yeah, that's, definitely. That's not nothing. That's not a waste of time. No. Oh, it's so nice. Yes. <laughs> Speak the positive vibes out into the universe. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, uh, that is it for this week's pod episode. As we've said, uh, the series finale is Nathan Drew in Riverdale. 
are next Wednesday. We will be recording our pod, and I am soon talking about how well the CW did with final final finales. Period, because there have been so many, mm-hmm. so so we will dissect them. Nancy can be potentially though on the list, but you know, you watch, you listened or watched to this entire episode, so you know that. But <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> warned you. <laughs> we warned you. But we're the CW's file. I'm Sabrina. I'm Michael. And I'm Reed. Bye, y'all.